Today, I'm excited to introduce my friend and guest, Amber. Our differing opinions on various topics only strengthen our friendship. Amber is not just a great debater, but also a successful business owner at You Need and Amber, and an advocate for sustainability, growing most of her own food. Join us as we dive into her dreams and vision, where our diverse views promise an engaging and insightful conversation. Let's welcome Amber to the show. Hello, Amber. How are you? Hi, friend. I'm well. How are you? Doing great. All right. So we're going to start off with our very, very first question, which is, what is your biggest dream or aspiration? I think the biggest thing that I want in my life is time freedom. No matter what I do or where I am, I just want to be able to control how I spend my time, with whom I spend my time, if I'm lazy in the way that I spend my time, if I'm productive, I just want to be able to control all of my time. That sounds amazing. Yes, time freedom. I think with the whole idea of just time, it's like you can't trade your time for money at that point either right? You are, you're working when you want to, you're lazy when you want to, and you are taking vacations like we know you like to take. I really do. I really do. I'm taking a vacation in 31 days, actually, and I'm very excited. And I think that um, time freedom allows me to push when I need to push, but rest when I need to rest. But I think there's been a lot of work that I've had to do to unpack that. I grew up in a family, like my dad was in the union, my grandfather was in construction, my other family, you know, they work for Ford here in Kansas City. So, you know, there was a lot built into me as a child about like, you go to work and you work your shift and you work hard and money is earned. You have to work for your money. Like you need to come home dirty or you need to come home tired. And there's been a lot of unpacking that I've had to do around what work means to me and how I can make it work for my own life. But I think time freedom is almost like the rebellious part of me saying, I don't have to work a shift. I don't have to do whatever is traditional or whatever was expected of me and pay my bills and go on vacation and live the life that I want. So there's been a lot of unpacking to do with that. Right. Oh, I totally agree. And I, I remember actually this last July, I took like a week vacation, did not log into my laptop it, except for to check email. And I think I actually just checked email on my phone. I don't think I ever actually got on my laptop to work at all. And I made more money in July than I've ever made in my business. And so it's just one of those things like it, it just proves to me that you don't have to do that trade that trade off for, you know, going to work, clocking in, clocking out, that kind of thing to be able to make the kind of money that you want to make. So I 100% agree with you. All right. Second question. What makes you feel grateful and full of joy today? I think what makes me feel grateful is being in my house, which probably sounds crazy. So, you know, I moved out of my house right after high school when I was 18 and I probably moved 30 times between 18 years old and the age of 35. And all of that was by choice. Um, but I've been very transient for a long time. And now that I have more of a traditional family life and a traditional home, I'm more still in my life than I've ever been. 
I have less events on my calendar. I have less planning that I do with my time. And it feels so good to just be in my house because um, I've I've never had that. I've never lived somewhere as an adult. This is the first house that I've lived in since my childhood home. I've always lived in an apartment. I was living in a guest house. Like everything was always transient. So much so that I never decorated ever. I never put anything on the wall. Um, my partner and I, he always jokes like whenever we met and he came to my apartment, he was like, you didn't even have curtains on your windows. I'm like, well, why would I have ever bought curtains? I know that I'm going to leave after my one year lease. Why would I buy curtains for this apartment? They might not fit the next apartment. That that felt like a huge waste of money. So it feels very easeful and safe to just like be in my house right now. And I get to decorate for the first time. Like I've never, never decorated. I never decorated for holidays. I never decorated for Christmas, nothing. I never decorated because I didn't want to move all the crap that you have to move around if you have tubs of tubs of like, Halloween decor, you know? So like, I just never did any of that. And now it feels really good to be someplace and be still and actually get to sit in it. And like, this is where I live. This is my, this is my house. And if I don't like this, I just take it out or I buy something else or put something else up or throw this away or whatever. And it feels really good. Yeah. Comfortable. I love that. Yeah, I think I think you know that I built a house a couple years ago and it's the same way. It's like I I love working here. I still have to escape every once in a while, of course, right? But I love being able to work here and I honestly I love my bedroom. Like my bedroom is my sanctuary. I I read in there. Like it's just amazing the peace that comes from whenever you have a home that truly feels like a home versus just a house or an apartment or something like that. So I love that. Yeah, my current house, uh, this is not our forever home, um, but it's very small. I live in an old farmhouse. We have a half acre. We grow a lot of our own food. But my my house is six rooms. It's our living room, dining room, kitchen, and the three bedrooms. And that's it. There's no bonus room. There's no basement. There's no attic. There's no, there's no, There's nothing else. So finding ways to be creative in our space. And my husband and I both work at home. So, and we're both on the phone all day. So we both need a separation to do our job well, but in a very limited space. So it's also been a very good creative exercise that I've never had to do before to figure out how to make the space work for us. Because I think for so long, there's always an extra room. The house that I grew up at, like I had a playroom when I was little. Like you just send your kids off to the playroom, you send them downstairs, you write whatever, or like, I'm going to go to this other room. And my house just isn't built like that. So we've had to be really creative about how to make our house work for us so that it feels comfortable and functional. And it has been a real exercise because that's not something that I am particularly good at. So it's been, um, it's been a bit of a challenge, but it's also been very good to be in the space and literally live in it to know how it's going to work for us. And that's probably something that you had to deal with building a house. Like you probably had to literally live in it for a little while before you're like, okay, this is how I want this room to function. And I know you did that because you built the girl's room downstairs. So it wasn't even, you know, the way that it was the day you moved in, you know, there was some moving parts. So yeah, you probably had to live in it for yeah, a minute. And there still is. 
like we had a ping pong table in the basement and I moved it over into the storage area so I could have more room for my gym. <laughs> it's like, just, yep. yeah, you just move stuff around. So what is your forever dream home? What does that look like? Someplace where I can scuba dive once a week. Someplace where I can grow food. Someplace where I can have my own room. <laughs> um, and I mean that in the most loving way to my partner, but I really do wish that I had a little more of my own space. I don't know. I, I think because I've never really, you know, like I said, this is the first time I've lived in a place as an adult. Like I've been really stable. Um, you know, I don't even have like the idea of what my dream home looks like, right? I've never built a house like you have or like picked out, you know, tile. Uh, so I, I have no idea. But I know that I want, I want to scuba dive whenever I want. I want to grow my own food. I would, I really love living in a walkable community. I've lived in walkable communities in the past and I really love that. I don't know that all of those things mesh into one unless I really paid for it. Um, but yeah, I think that would be the ultimate dream to have a little more space so that I could have my own, my own room and then live in a uh, geographic location where I can have the hobbies that I want to have. Yeah, that sounds amazing. The only one that doesn't feel like it fits in, probably because we're in the middle of Missouri, is the scuba diving. <laughs> and if you have your time for them. I'm a scuba diver. Oh, I know. I just mean like since we're here, that would be super hard to have it at your fingertips all the time unless you're going to scuba dive the lake. <laughs> Ooh, right? I definitely don't want to do that. I am a spoiled scuba diver where I really like warm water. I... Uh, learned to scuba dive in very, very warm water. So even like Northern Mexico, like Cancun, like I feel like Cancun can be cold. Yeah. Yeah. It can be chilly. And I think for most people, yeah, Cancun can be, you know, like, oh, it's the ultimate vacation spot. I'm like, yeah, until you get 20 feet down and it's, it's chilly down there. Um, you know, and I'm kind of an ocean snob. Like, I don't love the Pacific. It's not, it's my least favorite ocean. And, you know, like, I don't want to scuba dive in the Pacific. Like, I have no desire to go to California. Um, or even the western side of, yeah, western side of Mexico. Like, the Pacific's cold. I don't want to go there. So where's your favorite place to scuba dive? Oh. Um, easiest place? The Caribbean just because it's so close. Um, we're actually going to Turks and Caicos in about a month to celebrate my 40th birthday. So I'll let you know how that is. But the water should be good and toasty down there, which will be good. Um, I learned to dive in Thailand. The water was very warm. The animals were really great. Um, I did some extra diving in Bali to get some extra certifications. That was great. Um yeah, anytime I've been diving on the Pacific side, it's Pacific's cold. Oh. And it was it's kind of dark, at least where I went. I went diving in Costa Rica on the Pacific side and it was like kind of cold and dark. But I really like big fish. I want to see sharks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to be with sharks. I want to be with um, you know, seals or dolphins if they're around or yeah, I like I like the big stuff. So and usually they I mean other than like orcas which I don't want to be with uh, because they're very dangerous, but uh, orcas like cold water, but. um. All right, next question. What are the most significant lessons you've learned throughout your life and how have they shaped you as a person? It's okay to be a quitter. 
I have quit all the things and it never goes over well. Like when you're telling someone you're quitting, it never goes over well. Um, but I don't really care. And it always works out. It always works out to quit something. Number one, you can always go back. Always. You can always go back to whatever thing that you quit. But number two, if you really don't like something or if it's not serving you well and you decide to stop doing it, it's probably better. Um, but I mean, I quit everything from like sports when I was little and I was one of those child athletes where I had all of the talent and no heart. Uh, so like I was naturally good at things. Like I was naturally hand-eye coordinated and, you know, but like, I don't care. I'm not competitive. I don't care about winning. I'm not getting up at 8 a.m. to play basketball in some janky gym. That's not, <laughs> not how I want to spend my time. Um, and, you know, but one year I quit like the basketball team, like in the middle of the season. And everyone was like, <gasps> you can't let down your team. I'm like, why? Do you think these other fifth graders really care that, you know, like I'm looking back, first of all, they probably don't remember, but if they do, like, we're not friends. It's not like I'm friends with those people from fifth grade that I played basketball with. Um, but yeah. So like, if it's not working for you or especially if it's not something that you care about and it's, you know, when you're young, you know, like your parents want to expose you to all the things and they sign you up for soccer and, you know, and there's this whole thing about like, if you commit to something, you have to see it through. And I, I just disagree. Like you don't, you don't have to see anything through. Um, but I, you know, I've quit every job I've ever had. Obviously I've never had a job more than three years. I would, you know, move after my one year lease apartments that I liked, locations that I liked, just because I wanted change. I wanted something else. So yeah, I think it's okay to quit things. And that has taught me that, you know, I, it doesn't matter what other people think. Um, usually, other people are projecting their ideas onto you when they're giving you criticism. And their own limiting beliefs. Yes. And usually what it is, is like, I wish I could quit, but I can't because of whatever reason. And I think the biggest example I have is um, I used to work for the federal government. I lived in DC and I was making, you know, a lot of money for a 27 year old. I lived a very good life. I had a really great partner. Um, I was playing softball under the Washington Monument, very idyllic. And that wasn't the life that I wanted. And I quit, you know, like, and I, I was thoughtful. I did it slowly and thoughtfully, but I saved up money and I made thoughtful decisions and I created a whole plan for myself and I decided to quit and travel. And people told me like really mean things. Like, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. This is never going to work. You're going to fail. You're going to have all these regrets. You're going to do this. And like, maybe that was true, maybe, but like, what if that happened? What if I fail? What, what if I run out of money? You know, like, what if any of that happens? And I just feel like it's, it's okay to let all of that happen. And guess what? The government's still hiring. If I wanted to go back to the government, I could apply for a job. You know, if I wanted to move back to DC, 
I could. I bet an apartment complex would happily let me move in tomorrow if I wanted to. You know, like you can always go back and do the thing that you left, but taking the opportunity to transition into something else is just so powerful. And honestly, that transition into the next thing taught me more lessons than quitting my job. Yeah. I mean, doing what's best for you, right? And then like two lessons, doing what's best for you and change is okay. It is okay to make a change, seize an opportunity and go back if you have to, or live your life and still keep doing what's best for you. Right. But I think for most people, quitting your job, and let me preface with like, this is a lot of my white privilege talking. And I understand that. But you know, I didn't have a family. I didn't have anyone else to think about their health care. I could afford to pay for myself. I didn't have those extra things in the back of my mind that I had to worry about. If I would have had three kids that I was paying for their health insurance, do you think I would have quit my job? Probably not, right? But I didn't have those things. I had the opportunity to go and do it. Um, so I think a lot of times those things are projected onto you based on your own situation. And then my last day at my job, you would not believe how many people came up to me secretly and was like, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that too. And like, dude, you were the same person two weeks ago that was like, Amber, you're so stupid. I can't believe you would ever do this. You're so irresponsible. What are you going to do about healthcare? I'm like, I don't know, but I bet other people around the world have healthcare. So I guess I'll go to their doctor, which is way cheaper. Um, you know, so it's like, it, it's like they projected all of this fear onto me that they were holding on to. But then when the moment came that I was about to leave, then they, then it was like their true feelings came out like, oh, I wish, I wish I could do that. I, this is such a great opportunity. You have to seize it. And I'm like, do you want to know what I call those people? What? Dream stealers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No kidding. I limit my time with dream stealers, for sure. The people that always have the opinions, the negative opinions. Well, and it's, you know, I try to be compassionate that like, this is their opinion. This is their fear. It's it's not, it's literally not my fear. It's, it's literally not mine. Um, and if it's so new, if you've never met anyone who's ever done something that's so drastically different than what you're doing, it can feel so foreign. But I mean, hopefully there are people in your life that are drastically different than you, look drastically different than you, believe drastically different things. And hopefully you're okay with those people. <laughs> you know, like I don't know why why it's okay to do to have one but not the other. But yeah, it's a lot of projection. And so I, I do try to be compassionate. Like this is your fear, not mine. And if you need to express yourself, then that's totally fine. And I'm willing to listen. But I, I always like to mirror it back that like, thank you for telling me your fear, and your opinion. And, you know, make sure that that it's that it lives on their shoulders, and that I don't own it myself. Right. So I think one thing that I'll say about you and I is I feel like you and I are very, very different in a lot of different beliefs. What? Yes. And I think it's so cool how well we can still get along, even though we don't have very similar beliefs. And that is the thing. You have to respect other people's opinions, fears, all the things. So that way you can still build relationships with people that might not be exactly like you. Yeah, but I think that makes our 
you know, and if you can come to it from a respectful perspective, I think that's made our relationship stronger because we do respect each other enough to at least listen to each other and are curious about each other's lives and beliefs and how our paths have been different. Um, but still love each other and support each other regardless of that. Like, you know, I, I do not care at all that our beliefs are different and I would a thousand percent support you in a, in a belief that's completely different than mine because I love you as a human and respect you. Um, but that I think is what makes our relationship strong. Yeah. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I would totally agree. (laughs) All right. You ready to move on to the next question? Ready. What inspires you and motivates you to keep going even when faced with challenges? I was born with the what could go wrong gene. (laughs) So I'm kind of like, I mean, what could go wrong? Um, So I don't know that I, I really worry too much about those things. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm impulsive because I'm definitely thoughtful and I, and I do like to think things through. But I think I'm just like, I'm okay with failure. I'm okay with things not working out the way that I thought they would. And don't get me wrong, I get sad. I'm sad about it. But I think I know it's going to be fine. And I have enough self-awareness to know that no one else is watching me so closely that I'm embarrassing them. Um yeah, I think I'm just willing to just keep going because what could go wrong? And I also have, um, I think, time perspective in a different in a in a different way than others. So I'm turning forty in a couple of weeks, and I really think things like I'm probably gonna live to be eighty, right? So I have forty more years, half your life, half my life. But that's a long time. I could start a whole new career. I could start a whole new relationship. I could live in a whole new place. 40 years is a long time. So I know that, you know, there's a lot of talk about like, it, it goes it goes by so fast. It goes, you know, you, you know, you got to just appreciate everything in the moment. And while I believe that's true, I also believe that 40 years is a long, long time. And, you know, you could have four more 10-year careers after that. You know, you could have amazing relationships, friendships, um, partnerships with a lot of people in the next 40 years. So I don't think I'm as worried about, you know, missing out because I really believe that time is on my side and there are lots of opportunities for whatever's coming next. That's a great perspective because I think a lot of people do kind of chase, right? You're like chasing time. And if you can just appreciate what's going on now and seize the opportunities and make the changes that are best for you, it kind of all plays in together, our whole conversation. And then even the time freedom. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of time left. And no matter how old you are when you're listening to this, if you live to the expected age life expectancy there's a lot of time ahead of you a lot and just think about what you could potentially do i mean you and i could both stop everything we're doing go back to school 
get a medical degree and still practice medicine for 30 years. Right. Right. Like that's a long time. <laughs> like You could do so much in the amount of time. And I think just knowing that, well, yeah, like I'm up for it. And, and I think being a semi-professional quitter, you know, that has helped me because I think if I have 40 years left, that means I have a good 20 or 30 working years ahead of me. I'm probably going to work another 20 or 30 years. Is this my last job? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, Hopefully I'm going to have four or five more jobs or careers or whatever. Am I going to fall in love with a subject and want to go back to school? Maybe, right? Like that's a lot of time and I'm just here for it. And I'm just here to accept, accept it for what it is so that I can live that fully in the way that it's supposed to be lived. Love it. All right. What do you hope to leave behind in the world as your legacy? I was thinking about this question and I don't think you're going to like my answer. It's okay. We don't agree on everything. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm not going to have a legacy. I don't have kids. Um, I have some bonus kids. I have nieces and nephews, but they're not, they're not mine. Right? Like, am I going to leave them anything in my will? Yeah. My money, I guess, but they don't want my shit. They don't want any of this, right? No one wants any of this. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I'm gonna have a legacy. I don't, and and I think I'm okay with that. I just went through a um, a long, uh, about a year long education program for my business, and that was one of the questions that we talked about a lot. Like, what is the legacy that you're leaving behind? And I don't know. I don't know that I'm gonna that I'm gonna have a legacy. I don't know that I'm gonna leave something to someone. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, if I ever finished the book that I promised I would write, I guess that could be something, um, you know, eventually, you know, if I, if I kicked it tomorrow, eventually my website would just shut off and things would, things would just slowly disappear. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to have a legacy. Can I change the question just a little bit? See if yes. you have a difference. Okay. So the question that I think of as well that kind of marries along with this one is what would you want someone to say about you at your funeral? Mm. That she did it. That she really embraced it. That she tried. Mm-hmm. Um, that she lived a really cool life. That yeah. she did some cool shit in this world. Um, Ooh, okay. I have, I have, I, I know a legacy that I might have. Okay. So for my husband's 40th birthday, a couple of years ago, I surprised him with a trip to Miami and we went scuba diving as you do. And the university of Miami has an underground, I'm sorry, an underwater, um, cemetery. And they're doing that to build an artificial reef to bring, wildlife back like natural wildlife back to the area and when I think about where I want to be buried or you know where I would leave my money or something like that um I think I would love to be buried at this underwater cemetery that the students from the University of Miami maintain because I feel like that is a way that I could give back in a way that like is 
not only helping the environment, but like teaching the students some really great education about creating artificial reefs and bringing wildlife back and, um, and that. So I, so I, I think that would be my, how I would want to leave things is that somehow I'm giving back to something that I genuinely care about. And I do care about diving and wildlife and keeping all of that alive. Yeah, that's something I will never hear again. So thank you. <laughs> Super cool, actually. Super cool. That's where you yeah. could be buried too. We'd be right next to each other. I don't care what my body is when I die. I could care less, you know? Yeah, just take the organs. If they're still healthy, do what you need to do. Yeah. All right, last and final question. What is one action you take every day to get closer to your dreams? Uh, I say no. I say no to a lot of things. Um because I want to control my time. Right before this call, I, so I'm type A, so I was on the call 10 minutes before it started. And so I'm like poking around online, you know, wasting time on the internet as you do before a call starts. And I got on LinkedIn and I saw that there was a government job in Kansas City that pays pretty well. And I started applying for it. And then I was like, Amber, WTF, you don't want this job. You don't want to work for the government. Say no. Just because you're qualified, just because it's a good location, just because it's more money than you're making now. No, that is not what I want. Not what I want. And then I X'd out of that tab. Um, But yeah, I feel like I say no to a lot of things. I feel like I, because I've had so many jobs, I feel like I'm qualified for a lot of different things. And I don't, I don't want to do the things that don't bring me closer to time freedom and doing what I want whenever I want and spending my time on causes that I believe in and with people that I genuinely love. And um, yeah, I also think that I really try to manage my calendar well. And by that, I try not to be too overscheduled, which is something that I struggle with because I'm so extroverted. Like I just want, I want to do all the things all the time and I want to go to all the events and I want to see all the people and I want to go out to lunch and I love food and you know, and it's very easy for me to just fill up my calendar with all the things. And I'm trying to be better about spacing things out so that things are slower and calmer. And I can genuinely be in the moment and enjoy my time with whom I'm spending it rather than, okay, great to see you. Now I'm, I'm off to the next thing. That Thanks. Bye. Because then I'm always looking ahead and not enjoying the moment. So. I say no a lot. Yeah, that's great. So I think one of those things that, that brings up a really great point about the whole time freedom and just becoming the best version of yourself. So these big decisions like that, just like you Xing out of that job application, it's like, does this get me closer to time freedom? Absolutely not. It gets you, it gets, it does the exact opposite. So anything that you can do, because the best version of Amber has time freedom. So ask yourself every time, right? These big decisions, does this get me closer to the best version of myself? Yeah. And sometimes that's a hard answer because, you know, you can, you could justify anything. I could have said, well, if I take this job for two years, that's more money than I'm making now. I could pay off debt. I could, you know use the vacation time that would come with a government job. I could use that job for a purpose that would lead me somewhere. And while that's probably true to some extent, I would be miserable 
for those for that amount of time miserable and it's not worth it and i and i think that there are times in your life like if i had a kid that had medical needs do you think i would take a government job that paid for my health benefits a thousand percent a thousand percent if something happened to my husband and i had to put him on my health insurance do you think i would of course tomorrow but that's not the current reality and i don't have to live in fear of that and and i truly believe that if something happens and i needed to be in that situation then i would make it happen for myself but i'm not going to live in the fear of the what if or just in case i'm going to just enjoy it for what it is love it is there anything else that you just have to say today that you want people to hear i want to know what what your legacy is i was intrigued by that question i want to know what legacy you want to leave yeah so actually the book that i wrote um the introduction is my legacy it's like my epilogue of what i want people to say about me when i die <laughs> so i mean it's kind of a weird way to start a book but it was very i didn't want the whole typical like introduction to the book where you read about what trisha did when she was five years old and you know all the way through my life to where go it got me where i am today i think the biggest thing for me is i just want to really be seen as a bright light helping people live their dreams. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Is to just be able to really get people to think, well, what are my dreams? Because when you ask most people, where do you want to be in two years, in five years, they have no idea. And I'm such a visionary that if I don't see it, it's probably not going to happen. And if I can see it, and I can imagine it just like this beautiful dream house you were talking about. It's like, if you can see it, if you can picture it, if you can write it down, if you can meditate on it and imagine it, guess what? It's gonna show up. It's going to show up a lot faster than if you didn't even know it was there to begin with. So I think that's my my legacy for sure is just getting people closer and closer to what they see in their future. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being my friend. And I love you. And so much. thank you. you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.